This is the Elite Development Podcast, a show with the aim of helping athletes evolve in every element of their careers through real-world advice and experience. I'm your host, Kenny Dussault. I'm a strength and conditioning coach in Calgary, Alberta, with a singular focus on building better athletes. And now, let's get to the episode. Hey, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the Elite Development Podcast. This week, I have Jake Nitschie with me. He is the Director of Performance and Sports Science for the Chicago Steel in the United States Hockey League. In the summers, Jake trains athletes out of GDN Performance in downtown Chicago, where he works with NHL, AHL, and NCAA hockey players. Jake, I appreciate you taking the time to do this today. I know you're a busy man. Thanks for thanks for coming on. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for having me, man. It's uh... I'm really excited to talk about this stuff. Absolutely. So where I always like to start is just getting into a little bit about you, you know, who you were as a kid and sort of what led you down the path that you started on. So can you talk to me a little bit about your background as a player in hockey and just kind of how this all developed for you? Yeah. So I grew up playing hockey my whole life and among other sports too. So I took a lot of uh, like life lessons from sports and you know, I was, I was lucky to have uh, really influential coaches that were also like very good role models and, and father figures to me that kind of always took me underneath their wing and, and would always push me to work my hardest. Um, so a lot of that I took from, from coaches and, and my, you know, my authority figures that, that I was playing for and uh, kind of brought that into my life in, in terms of work ethic and paying attention to details and more importantly, just, uh, trying to be right, like a good person. I think that's a, that's a big thing we harp on, uh, with our guys here and just everywhere I've been is just, uh, be, be a good person first before you're an athlete. Um, that's, I think that's one of the, the biggest things that doesn't get missed, but I think it's such a, important quality of a, of a personality and for an athlete to have. Cause, um, you know, like in our situation here, we're, we emphasize to our players that they're extremely lucky to be here uh, and just, they should be grateful for the opportunity to be where they are right now. And, um, you know, being at this level and being in this organization and uh, just being able to play hockey every day for, for their living and, you know, trying to achieve their goals. So, so I've taken a lot of those lessons I've learned through sports and I've started to mold it into my coaching philosophy. Yeah, man. I love that. I mean, I think it is something that, like you said, maybe, maybe it being missed isn't necessarily the right wording, but Mm -hmm. I think there isn't enough of an emphasis on that sometimes, you know, like, uh, you know, like I mentioned before we started recording, the reason I started this show is so many kids think they're going to pick up a hockey stick and then the NHL is going to come knocking on their door and they don't realize what else goes into creating players at that level. So to see you right off the bat go to being a good person, being such an emphasis, not only for you and your role now with your athletes, but for yourself as an athlete growing up, I think it's huge and a great, great place to start things up. Yeah. And can you talk to me, you said the coaches that you had growing up were, you know, influential, almost like father figures to you. Was there anything in particular that, uh, you know, that helped you see the importance of, you know, hard work, being a good person, these things, like any examples or anything you can take from your experience as a player that maybe another player out there can learn from, from those coaches? Just the, the patience that they had, 
know, it's when you're working with kids, I think there's a lot of things that go on while you're, while you're developing as a person and, and an athlete and some mental things that go on. And, and they treated like all the coaches I had, they treated me like a human being, right? Like if you're having a hard time, it wasn't okay. Like you're going to get traded or figure it out. Right. Like we, we talked and again, they, they treated me as a person, not as a, just a player. Um, so that like really helped me, uh, figure things out in life and, you know, having, like I said, having that father, father figures to me, they weren't just coaches. Like I still talk to, um, when I was Marty quarters, he coached for, uh, Sioux city, uh, Des Moines Buccaneers. Uh, he coached me in uh, Wisconsin. Um, so he's been at those higher, higher levels and you know, he's, he's had hands in developing those, those high end players. And, uh, he took that approach, uh, with me with, with just, if we ever had a bad day, right. It wasn't scream, scream, scream all the time. It was, Hey, like, let's come to my office. Like what's, what's bugging you? What's going on? Like, let's figure this out. And, you know, like trying to help me through like some things maybe I was going on, on with like back home or something and, and just giving me some like outlets to, to deal and cope with, with things like that more positively. Um, Man, I love hearing that because that's something I know, it's really been eye-opening for me the last few years working in this industry is getting to kind of understand that strength and conditioning is so much more, well, even just strength and conditioning, but obviously for yourself, yeah. hockey coaches that you've had as well, coaching in general is so much more than just the game you have in front of you or the athlete, you know, the sets and reps you need to be doing that day in the gym. Cause that's mm-hmm. something that I've started to really notice and started to really try to pick up myself is treat the human before you treat the athlete, right? Look at right, going in life. All these things are going to have an effect even on what you can do in the gym day to day. You know, if life mm-hmm. is stressful and you're getting three hours of sleep at night because you've got all this stuff blowing up in your personal life, even if the athlete's coming in wanting to put everything into a session that day, there's going to be more to it than just right. keep grinding through it and keep pushing. Like sometimes you do need that softer approach of let's just sit, have a chat, tell me what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not always about just like, there's times and place to like, you know, just put it aside and push through. Uh, and I think that's still like needs to be relayed to, to athletes that they can't just always take the easy way out just because they're feeling a certain way. They still have to work and put their, you know, their nose to the grindstone. Um, but you know, there's, yeah, there's times where you need to step back, talk about things like find solutions and then, you know, just move on from there. Yeah. I, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, obviously nobody reaches the high levels of sport without that hard work and without putting the nose down and grinding, but to hear more and more coaches come out and realize more of that human aspect of sport as well, I think is really important. So I think that's a really great thing that you're, that you're focused on there. And uh, that tells me a lot about the coaches that you had and the influence that they've obviously had on your career so far as a coach. Can you tell me, was there anything specific about the, your experience as a player, things that you can take from you know, knowing what players are dealing with at these high levels of sport that you can now bring in to help in your coaching career as well? Um, I think injuries are maybe a big thing. Um, you know, like, especially in hockey, like the culture is, if you're hurt, play through it and, and don't say anything about it. Um, 
but like now as and like I did that my whole career, right? <laughs> just concussions, you know, aches and pains. Like you just you just push through and you dealt with it. Um, now being a coach and and knowing that that now my body is like all beat up and you know maybe taking a week or two off, like maybe would help me in the long run. Now I know like as a coach, I know when these players are are battling through something. I can tell on their faces. I can tell on their body language. It's it's like very apparent. Uh, and, and just trying to get the message across them that saying, you know, I can't help you stay on the ice if I don't know what's going on. Like, like you're not gonna, I think the biggest thing for them is they think they're going to lose their spot. They think these bad things are going to happen if they, if they reach out and we've done a very good job of relaying that message that that's not the case, right? Like we want our players to be on the ice. We want our players to be hundred percent. Can't do that. If, they're holding stuff back from us. Um, even if it's just like a little like, like tweak, right? Like those things compile and they, they get worse and worse. It might just be a little tweak now, but two, three weeks from now, now you've got a, like a hip flexor strain or hip flexor pull and now you're out for two, three weeks. So now instead of missing maybe one week in the games, you've missed six games. So just getting the, then the, to look at the bigger picture and more long-term uh, is the biggest thing that, and we try to do and uh, relate to our guys. And that's, and that's a trust aspect too, right? Like you have to, like everything in sports and, and coaching is, is all about buy-in. Like you're, you could write the best program in the world. Um, but if your players don't believe in it, they don't believe in you, they don't trust the process, you'll never get the results. Uh, and, that, and again, that comes with having relationships with the players and them knowing you have their absolute 100% best interest in mind which which i do yeah absolutely i couldn't agree more i love what you said there about buy-in but even more so i want to bring you back to what you said about the fear of losing your spot because i know obviously sports at a high level it's a cutthroat business whether you're yeah. in junior even midget triple a like those levels moving on up and then obviously it gets worse and worse as you move to the higher levels but mm -hmm. for other coaches out here because i do agree players do need to be in a position where they can be open about that kind of stuff. If they need to miss a game for a tweak or a sprain, I can think of an athlete that I had that I work with as well, that exactly that happened to him. He slightly tweaked something in his groin uh, a day or two later, his coach came to him and said, Hey, we really need you on the ice tonight. He went out, he played sure enough, things got worse and he ended up missing can't remember the exact amount of time, but way more time than he needed to miss for what that original right. injury was. And so, but I do think a lot more coaches are starting to realize that and hopefully they are taking the same approach as you guys. So for coaches, how can we go about trying to better explain that to athletes that, Hey, if you're hurt, we need to know about it so that they maybe break that pattern of, just play through it and don't say anything because obviously we know that now as we get a little older, that that's not the right approach to a long-term career. Just not instilling that fear in them. I, I think the times have changed. Like the athletes are different. Their, their psyche is different. Like it, they're just not, it's not that they're not mentally tough, but it's, it's not the same as it used to be in terms of just pushing through things. I, I, I would like to think that we're a little bit smarter now as coaches and we have more information in terms of technology and, and just 
um, like wellness stuff to, to keep track of that. And if we continue as, as coaches to instill fear in the athlete that they're going to miss time or lose their spot, they'll never, they'll never sacrifice that. They're never going to want to risk that, right? Like you want to play, you want to have success, but if you know you're, you're not going to play because of this, or you're in that situation, like no one's ever going to willingly give that up. Uh, so I think it, it's, it's our job to, again, relay that information, relay that trust to them that, that you don't have to guarantee them a spot, but, but no, let them know that it's not going to be as detrimental as they think it's going to be because the, the player always thinks it's going to be worse than it actually is the amount of anxiety and, um, just overwhelmingness that a player feels day to day because of this, the situation that they're in, and especially right around this time in training camp it is exceedingly uh, bad. And you know, that you gotta, you have to manage that. You have to try to make your players feel comfortable. Um, and I know there's, there's coaches that are that like to play the, the mind games and test how mentally tough their athletes are, which has its place. Uh, Cause again, sports does take mental toughness. But yeah, I think you have to total line with that in, in some respect, especially if you're like in my situation, dealing with a bunch of, uh, we have a very young team, bunch of 15, 16 year olds where they're again, just going through puberty. They're kind of just figuring out hockey. They're like a lot of players are here are like high level, highly, highly touted players. And everyone always wants a piece of them. So, so they have a lot on their shoulders and to add more of that as like a coaching staff, I don't think, is beneficial in the long term. Yeah, I think it's one thing obviously to test mental toughness and you know put the put them through difficult things to see how they handle it. Yeah. But I think, you know, just what you said there about mind games, like it's a very different story to be playing mind games versus, you know, putting them through a tough conditioning session and see yeah. who like right. see who breaks and who keeps going, stuff like that, but exactly. I agree especially at a kid that age I couldn't imagine at 15, 16, dealing with some of the pressures that kids on kids in the USHL would be dealing with, or out here, kids in the WHL would be dealing with. Mm -hmm. It's, it's shocking when I hear some of the stories from some of the athletes I've trained that are at those kind of levels. I couldn't imagine myself at that age, having to deal with that stuff and actually being able to. So like, I do agree. I think coaches need to be bringing the trust so that they know if something's wrong, I can talk to them. Right. Because a lot of these guys I'm assuming would be away from home as well. Like they're not, yeah. they're not all from Chicago. So that's another factor that's going to be playing into everything. So to be able to look at you guys and trust you guys is going to be massively important to them being successful with the team. Yeah. They're already in an uncomfortable position. Um, you know, like I said, there's time and place for it. Like it still needs to be thought of to, to be mentally tough and, and be able to handle adversity, but that's, that's different right? Like handling adversity and, and purposely messing with, you know, someone's mind, I think in my opinion is just, those are two, it's a very fine line between that. Um, and you, know, you can do like a lot of damage to a kid, um, in this, at this time. So, you know, I mean, I might be called soft for that or whatever, but like, that's just how I've seen things played out. That's how my experiences have led me to, to believe that. Well, anyone who's calling you soft for saying you shouldn't deliberately mess with a 15 year old or 16 year old <laughs> mind. <Come on. laughs> 
<laughs> those are the kind of people we need to be trying to get away from. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think you're absolutely correct. Like coaches need to be a little bit more of that as you had growing up, that father figure, especially at this kind of level when kids are away from home, they're not around their family. There needs to be that support system for them. So I think, you know, let's let's change the narrative a little bit. That's not soft, that's smart. You're trying to set your athletes up for the best best position that they can be in. Yeah, and you're you're seeing in like last 6 months or so with all those these stories coming up of of like old coaches or whatever, like obviously we don't have like context or whatever would happen. They don't have a good idea of what happened, but like these stories are coming up of the coaches, you know, being really hard on their guys and, you know, 20, 10, 15 years later, 20 years later, like it's still obviously affecting those, those players, even as grown men. So I think that's something to, to think about. Yeah. Something I think we all need to be, conscious of and something I think we all need to be working to fix within the elite sports world. Right. Mm-hmm. And then one thing I wanted to talk to you about as well with, uh, with your role, I know you just got this role with the Chicago steel. So congrats, congratulations again on that. Thank you. Can you talk through a bit more of your background in coaching, what you, the roles you've had before, sort of what led you down to this team? So I'll be honest. I'm like kind of fairly new in in the coaching world. Um, I just got done playing about two, two seasons ago, maybe three now. So it's relatively like fresh and and new coming into this, this side of, of the field. Um, You know, I've, I've always loved working out and and summer training. Like when I was an athlete was my favorite time. Like I loved going into the gym and and just getting after it and, and working hard and, and, working towards my, my goal of like, right. Making the NHL, right. Never happened, but <laughs> hopefully we'll get there at yeah, this, on this side of the fence. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that was just like always my, uh, my favorite part about being an athlete was training. Um, so obviously went, went to school, went played division three hockey at, at Marion for, for a year. Didn't have a, a great go there. Ended up transferring uh, back here in, to Chicago finished out, played club for like two years, had some concussion issues. Uh, and that's like when I really started working more towards being a, a coach. So at that time, my sophomore year, I started my first internship um, at the gym. I was training at for my summer training. Um, just started kind of getting a feel for like what kind of went into it and if, see if I wanted to actually do it. Was originally actually going to go down the path of physical therapy, um, but then was a rehabilitation aide at a therapy clinic and just didn't love it. Like it just, the clientele, like a little bit slower pace wasn't as enjoyable for me. Um, but interning at my gym is, you know, I love the high energy and just seeing guys get better in that aspect, getting stronger, faster, more towards their performance goals than trying to recover from an injury. Um, so from there, um, after I graduated college, I, worked there now as a, as a coach for a summer, um, was reached out to by GVM performance, um, through my social media to work for them, which they're like, we're a very well-known gym in the the hockey world and in the United States. So when I got that opportunity and and Brian Galvin, um, offered me a a position at the gym, I, I jumped all over it and I knew that's where I needed to be to one grow as a coach and then work with 
uh, you know, the clientele that I really wanted to work with, which was elite level hockey players and uh, elite level athletes. Uh, so from there, we have the relationship because Brian is the head strength and conditioning coach with Team USA uh, and T- NTDP. So from there, I was able to, you know, work with NTDP during the season um, and, and go in there and, and get some touches in there and see how things work there and kind of get my feet wet with the team setting. Um, then went back to GVN, um, like during the summer, had a really good summer there. Uh, and then obviously we had, a had a great opportunity to come here, uh, to the steel and that's kind of where I landed. So this is my kind of like quote unquote, like in season gig. And then going back to GVN in the summer to kind of just keep sharpening, sharpening up as a coach and learning from, from all my, my great mentors over there. Um, just trying to get better every, every year. Man, I love that. In the two, three years, it sounds like you've got more experience than most people have in their first 10 to 15 years, just all the different names, all the different <laughs> organizations. Yeah. Uh, you've really, it's, really jumped both feet in it. It's incredible. I'm so, like, it's, this is not normal. Like normally you have to grind a little bit more. And for some reason, it's like, I've just, it's all just fallen into my lap. Like I, I can't tell you why, like whether that's just how like hard I've worked or if, you know, just knowing the right people, which I think that's the case. Like just, I just surround my, try to surround myself with people that, that are great. Um, and hopefully it rubs off on me. <laughs> I just wanted to take a quick break to thank our sponsor, Perfect Sports. One of my favorite products of theirs that I've tried so far is the chocolate peanut butter diesel New Zealand whey protein isolate. What's really cool is that it's an all natural flavor and I've confirmed that it's hundred percent peanut free. In fact, their whole facility is peanut-free. Due to New Zealand's stringent laws regarding herbicides, pesticides, antibiotics, growth hormones, and GMO crops, as well as the ideal growing conditions in the country, Diesel New Zealand Whey Isolate is as clean as protein can get. Coming from someone who has had difficulty digesting whey protein in the past, I can honestly say Diesel is the best product I've ever used. Not only that, but diesel is also informed choice approved. This is the global standard of quality control in sport nutrition supplements. This program allows companies to show that they have gone through vigorous testing of their products for a wide range of substances banned in sport. If you are taking supplements, this is the way for you to know exactly what you are putting in your body without taking any additional risk. Another great thing about Perfect Sports is they give you 100% transparency with complete ingredient breakdowns on their website so you can see exactly what it is you are consuming. To check out Diesel and the rest of the top quality products that Perfect provides, check out www.perfectsports.com and use the code Kenny20 at checkout for 20% off all your orders. I was reading something the other day and the quote came up, if you're the smartest person in the room, find a different room. And it just, that just reminded me right of that, right. Is surround yourself with people and hope that it rubs off. But I do agree who, you know, is going to be a massively important element of all that. Right. So was it as a player that you were starting to meet these people that ended up providing these opportunities or how did that, how did that grow for you? Honestly, like social media, uh, like, I'm, I'm pretty active on my, my social media account. Like it's, it really has opened a lot of doors. Cause I like through my social media, I just reach out to coaches and, you know, just try to pick their brains and try to like, not just because 
there's, I don't want to just take information from other coaches. Like I want to be able to give something to them too. So we can collaborate. I think there's a big difference with, with just trying to steal, you know, people's things and thoughts and ideas. And then, but trying to also contribute to the conversation and, and learn. And that's what I really try to do with social media is, is I've reached out to all these big name coaches and set up calls and, and just having conversations uh, and just trying to learn. And, and that's opened doors for me. Um, Cause I think, I think they can tell like the passion and, and, and the drive that, that, that I think I have to want to get better and, and be the, the best I can be. Um, I think, I think people appreciate that. Um, someone who, who wants to like work hard and learn. I mean, I, that's how I see it. I, I, I love talking with other coaches. I love throwing ideas off each other and just sharing information and, and finding better ways to do things. Uh, so that's what I've done with my social media account. Uh, again, having a very open mind to things. Uh, maybe that's cause I'm naive and, and young and I don't have like a set, like mindset yet, or, you know, maybe it's just my personality. I, I guess we'll find out in a couple of years here, but um, that's kind of how I've done it. That's the way you've got to be as a coach forever. That's if you're, if you're naive and young, if you're old and wise, you've always got to be trying to improve, right? There's never, yeah, absolutely. I've said it forever, but I think it's a great thing that uh, I can't remember where I heard it the first time, but if you ever hit that point where you decide, you know, everything, that's the moment where athletes should turn and run. And yeah. It's, I, I love the way you've done that. And I love saying, I love hearing you say that it was social media that got you these connections and sort of started opening these doors for you, because I think people are really quick to villainize it, right? It's, oh, social media can take over your, take over your life. Oh, it changes people. It does this, it does that. But I think it was a Gary Vaynerchuk quote and he said, social media doesn't change people. It exposes people. If you're a nice person, having a following on social media is just going to show more people that you're a nice person. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all about your filter too, right? Like you have to like, just like surrounding yourself with, with great people you have to through social media, it can be a double-edged sword because if you're not looking at the right things, like you're going to, I think you're going to get misinformation because there is a lot of bad stuff on social media. You have to have a critical eye when you look at things and, but it's still an open mind. It's okay to to criticize and, and think about things critically. Um, But it's not okay to just shut everything down. I think, I think that's like the disconnect sometimes with, with it. Yeah, I think that's a perfect way to put it. It's you should always look at it with a critical eye. I think way too many people, especially, you know, and this could be a whole other show in itself, but, you know, all the stuff going on in the world right now with pandemic and then all kinds of political issues and stuff. People don't take five seconds to look at that. Think about what they're reading Mm -hmm. on some post on Instagram. They just, hey, that agrees with what I think. So share it to the world. Right. You got to think critically. You've got to actually kind of look at you know, what you're looking at, where it came from, is it actually going to be useful or informative or important? But yeah, like you said, don't just shut things down either. Right. Yeah. I like that. And then I do agree though, the network that you've built has clearly paid off for you. So I think that's a good lesson in itself for young coaches starting into the field. You've got this great tool at your fingertips. I know even with this show at the time of this recording, I've got 70 episodes released and I think six or seven more recorded and mm-hmm. I've probably met 
eight of my guests before we started <laughs> them online too. So it's been this has been such a phenomenal tool yeah. even on this show, but in so yeah. many ways it can be so helpful. Yeah, this is awesome. This uh, this is this is what it should be, right? It should be sharing information and putting it out there and seeing what people think about it. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. And with your job with the steel now, one thing, as I've mentioned, the goal of this show is to teach younger athletes what it truly takes to be successful. So working with a junior team, is there anything that you can maybe say to start off? Is there anything you may, could maybe say to athletes moving into those junior levels, things they can be working on in their last year of Bantam or first years of midget when they're headed off into that level to make sure that they're really ready when they're making that move and taking that step up? In terms of training wise, uh, don't try to train like a pro. Right. I, I think uh, everyone wants to do what, what Patrick Kane is doing, what Austin Matthews is doing. Um, you know, Corey Perry, these guys that, that have established themselves, but I think the development aspect of how they got there isn't shared, right? Like they, they hammered the basics in terms of like their training. They, they squatted, they hinged, you know, they lifted heavy stuff. They carried heavy stuff. Uh, they jumped and they threw through mud balls and, and sprinted. Right? Like they they didn't do these insanely uh, advanced methods right off the bat. Like they worked their way up to it. Um, so don't try not to look at like pro pro training programs go more in like develop the developmental route. And, um, and then also just don't train like a pro, but be a pro. So that, that is taking care of your body, uh, eating the right stuff, um, you know, knowing what your recovery methods are and, and knowing that, you know, sleep and eating and hydrating are going to be the things that help you recover and help you be available the next day. Not the necessarily the norm tech boots, the Theraguns, like all that stuff is, 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 it works but it's a little bit of fluff and like you have to have pro habits and, and a pro lifestyle in the, in the sense of how you treat your body every day. It's not just a, okay, I'm training hard in the summer. I'm going to do all these things. Right. And then once the season gets in and, and my schedule gets a little bit more hectic and you know, I'm, I'm tired, I'm not going to do these things anymore that I was doing in the summer. I, I think a lot of people fall off in that sense, uh, during the season and then they stopped doing the things that they were doing in the summer and it, it can't be a part-time thing. You can't be a part-timer. It's, you gotta be full-time. It's gotta be every single day, day in and day out and, and know why you're doing it. Um, I think that's a very important aspect is, is knowing why you're doing something. Yeah, I think that part right there at the end was extremely important, knowing the why, because obviously, as you know, it's not an easy thing to live that pro lifestyle. It's not an easy yeah. thing to wake up every morning, train as much as you need to every day, eat the right foods, get to bed on time. Those are difficult things to do, especially yeah. as a 14, 15, 16-year-old kid. You're seeing all your friends go out Saturday night, and you're staying home because you know you've got to wake up on Sunday and train. And 
if you, but if you know why, if you know what you're working for and you have that thought right in your mind all the time, it makes it a lot easier to sacrifice that night out and get the right amount of sleep. It makes it a lot easier to not go out for the burgers and the beer and instead stay home, eat the meal that you actually know you should be eating. And I love that knowing the why can you, for any kid who's listening to that, do you have any thoughts on, you know, how to sit down and have a real conversation with yourself about that why. Because it's one thing to sit and say, I'm doing this because I'm going to make the NHL one day. But is it like, do you find that's enough or do you need to have a little more substance behind that? I think that's tough because uh, I think you have to really know yourself. And I th- sometimes kids at this age, they don't know themselves. They're still trying to figure themselves out. Like they're trying to to be like their friends or trying to, to follow in someone else's path and, and footsteps when they really should be just trying to be themselves and, and find their own way in life and know that they're not their path to wherever they're trying to go is not going to be the same as their friend or Patrick Kane. Like I think once you kind of accept that when little roadblocks come and, and some adversity comes into your life, I think you can handle it better because you, you know that it's not, it's not a blockage, right? It's not stopping you. You just have to right, go around it and it's part of the process. Um, and it's, it's such a cliche, like that picture where it says like success is like this, like whatever, not just straight up. Like, it's so true though. Like, uh, everyone it's it's hard to 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 stick through that stuff and, and just keep keep pushing and, and go through the process every day uh when you when you have setbacks like that's that's what separates an elite player from just a good player like those elite players can can find ways to get past that and and keep going and and accept that yeah i think that's a huge factor in that for sure and even though it might be a huge cliche, as you said, but I think (laughs) so it's such an important one to bring back that kids think, you know, you're going to start at the bottom and you're just going to sort of start making your way up. And then eventually you've reached the top. And that's just, that's just never how it goes. Like there, because I think too, in the way we are now with social media and all these other things, one of the, the other side of it is you see the guys at the top, you see what they're doing every day and like you said, a lot of kids want to take that training program that they see Patrick Kane doing or any of these guys that have established themselves in the NHL because you have access to that. We don't have access to maybe what they were doing 15 years ago when they were actually in those developing age groups. You just yeah. have access to what they've been doing since they've been a pro. Actually crazy to think. I think looking back, Patrick Kane was almost in the NHL 15 years ago. Yeah, so you see him as a young guy, but <laughs> yeah, he's getting up there now. Yeah, that's crazy. But uh, sorry, that just threw me off completely. <laughs> you see, but you get what I was saying, right? Obviously, yeah, you see right. what these guys are doing now, not what they were doing when they were junior aged or below. So to be able to kind of separate yourself from that, and I love that whole idea of be a pro, but don't train like a pro. I think for yeah. any kid in that age group, that's a perfect mindset to have every other aspect of your life, those things have got to be in place, but training, you've got to still realize you're a 14, 15, 16 year old kid, not a seasoned NHL veteran. Right. That's great way to look at that. And uh, so moving on with your, with your team now and the level that you guys are at, 
I know obviously skill is an important part of any game, but for a junior team talking to the other coaches, is there more that you guys are looking for in your players beyond just skill, like in their day to day, are there things that you're looking for your players to start working on, you know, whether that's like character building kind of stuff or just, anything outside of the actual skill of the game that you find is becoming more and more important as players move up to those levels? Um, I just think character is a big one. Um, you know, we're coming off a, a Clark cup championship win this year or last season and, you know, not being there last year with it, but walking into the team now this year and meeting the, the veteran players from last season and just seeing, how like great those kids are and how like their character is really high. There's like, every kid on this team is super respectful, super extremely hardworking. And, you know, that's, I think that is what they're, we're looking for here is we want, we want hockey players. You know, we want someone who's going to be a great per person go out of their way to help someone else. And then just loves working hard which, which our guys do their work ethic is off the charts. Like I'm, I've been extremely impressed uh, so far with our, with our team this year. Um, and just the, the mindset that they bring every day. Um, and I think that's a big contribution to, to success that, that this franchise has had. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I really like that. I think that again, you know, kids need to realize that it's more than just being a skilled hockey player, those other elements, particularly the one I think I, that stuck out to me there was going out of your way to help other people. Cause I think that especially as we've mentioned, elite sports are a cutthroat business. You know, if you're not ready to go, mm -hmm. there's going to be someone else there willing to take your job. But the type of player that a lot of coaches are looking for are the one that, is going to bring you in, bring other players in, help other players out and make sure that the mindset is team first, not me first. Right. right. Uh, just think of it in that way of going out of your way to help other people, I think is, can be easily overlooked in a sport environment because every player is kind of in that mindset of being there to help themselves and being there to make sure they get that spot and the other guy doesn't, but being in the team first attitude versus the me first attitude, I think is very important too. Yeah. And then, and then between the work with the Chicago steel and then your work with GVN, I know you're working with some NHL guys, some AHL guys and NCAA guys out there, obviously all very high level athletes. Can you talk a little bit about beyond what we had mentioned, you know, the ability to push through those tougher days and the adversity, is there anything you find is there like a trait or something that you see in those elite level guys day to day that you think allows them to be there compared to others who obviously want to be there, but never made it. Physical trait. Is that what you're physical kinda, or physical, just... physical, mental, anything that kids can maybe take away and go, you know, the guys that reach that level, like what do they have that the other ones don't essentially. I think as the summer goes on what I've started to see the last two summers I've been there is that as we get to like towards the middle of the summer, maybe a little bit towards the end, like it, it gets a little grindy, right? Like these guys are, are training extremely hard five days a week. And like after a while, it, it like it, it gets to you a little bit. Um, 
I think what I've noticed, the, the guys at our gym, they're really successful. They just keep coming in. They, no matter maybe how much it might suck to come in that day, they always, they always show up and they, they put whatever they've got into the workout and into the day. I think that is what I've noticed so far is the biggest difference and uh, why they've gotten to the level that they're at. Um, and, that, and that's mental toughness, right? Yeah. Like being able to, to grind when you don't want to and, and showing up, right? Like 8 a.m. workout. You know, you just had a hard, hard weekend and you're showing up like hard week of training. You're still maybe not like 100% recovered and you're, you want to be done. You just want the season to start because you know your workout's going to be a little bit easier in the season but still coming in and, and no, again, they have a why they want to make the NHL. They want to stay in the NHL. They know they have to do it. Um, so I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's perfect. And I think as well, the important thing, the important distinction I want to bring people back to is giving whatever they've got to the day. So it's not necessarily that you're always going to be at a hundred percent, even those top guys, you know, obviously they aren't coming in every day, raring to go excited to get to train. Right. You know, we all have those days where we wake mm -hmm. up, you know, you look at your clock and you go, really, we're doing this. Again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You get, you get a little sick and tired of each other. Yeah. But you still, no still do it. Level you're at, you're going to have those days. Cause I think that's something that as I started working with higher level athletes that I think almost caught me off guard a little bit as I realized these guys at the top are just like, us in that way you know what i mean just like yeah. other people they have those days where they wake up and they don't want to do it they have those days where they're beat up and they want to just go home and lie on the couch too but the difference is are you willing to wake up feel like that and get up and do it anyway or is are you going to be the one who wakes up feels like that and rolls back over and goes back to sleep right. and so i love that i love that part that you put there about everything you've got to the day, not necessarily at a hundred percent during the day. Yeah. You're not going to want to do it every day. I think that's an unrealistic standard. Some people have set that, you know, Oh, you have to, you have to love it every day. I don't think that's, it's great if you can do that and you're a different breed if you can, but <laughs> I think normal person, there's going to be days where they don't want to do it and they, it's going to be almost the worst thing ever, but <laughs> they still do it. Yeah. And I think it comes back down to something we were talking about before, right? That why it, when yeah. you wake up, every part of your body aches and you think, Oh my God, I've got to do this again today. This is going to be awful. You think back to why am I doing this in the first place, making the NHL and staying in the NHL or whatever that answer is mm -hmm. for you. That's going to be what has to get you out of bed that day. Right. Yeah, definitely. I love that. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and share, come on and share and just sort of talk about, you know, your opportunities coaching a little bit more about your playing history too. I think there have been some really key points for younger players coming out of this interview. And uh, just before we wrap it up, is there anything keeping that goal of the show in mind of teaching younger athletes, what it takes to create success in a sporting career? Is there anything you think we've missed or anything you'd want to touch on a little bit more? Um, I think as a coach, you have to show, especially here, like you have to show them and it's one thing to tell them, okay, you need to do this. You need to do this. We have to set a good example for them too. 
Uh, one of the things I've read from um, Brett Bar- Bartholomew's book, coaching or conscious coaching is you have, you can't expect your athlete to do something if you're not willing to do it and you haven't looked inside you. So that's something, again, I try to, to do for our athletes is, you know, we might have a, a hard, you know, a little finisher at the end of the workout. I'm going to do it with you guys, like going in with them, going in the trenches with them and, and showing them that you're, you're right there with them and you're going to be a good example for them. Right. And it comes down to nutrition too. Like I don't come to the rink and I'm not, you know, eating McDonald's and, and things like that. Like I'm making sure like I'm all like in, in the sight of the athletes, I'm always eating something healthy and that's what I'm telling them to eat. Um, kind of being that example, right? Like I, they'll, you guys will see me doing my mobility and my, you know, prehab stuff and making myself, my body feel good. And they'll see that. And like, okay. Like just being that example for your, for your guy, like, don't expect them to do it if you can't do it yourself. Yeah. I love that. It was actually Brett Bartholomew's book that switched my mindset on that approach mm-hmm. as well. There was a long time where I always did my research. I always made sure, you know, I knew what I was talking about when I was in the gym and I was working with athletes, but, and I always trained too. Like I was never, you know, fat out of shape or anything like that, but I really didn't keep that same mindset of, you know, doing all the mobility work and all that stuff. So I wasn't really, I didn't really feel like I was practicing what I preached because you know, I was talking about the importance of getting the mobility work in and all of that. And then I was walking in and I was all stiff and you know, <laughs> hurt and all of that. But it was reading that book that I sort of stopped. I was like, yeah, you know what? If I expect someone to buy into anything I'm saying, how can I be saying it and not doing it? Yeah. And I just, I love that you brought that up. I think that's a really key, really key point to end on for coaches as well. Definitely. Yeah. That's been a huge influence in one of my my coaching philosophy as well i just that book changed everything for me yeah i couldn't agree more that's uh i actually interviewed brett on this show the episode, oh really episode 40 and uh so oh, anybody who is a coach that's listening to this one as soon as you finish listening to this episode go check that one out too because yeah was, i'm gonna have to check that one out <laughs> it was full of a lot of really good insights that was a really good one too that's awesome so Jake, thank you again so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. If anybody's got any questions for you or they're looking to get in touch with you about anything, whether it's coming to train with you or just a question about the interview today, is there a good way for them to go about that? They can go to my Instagram. It's strength by Nietzsche. Uh, Nietzsche is spelled N I T S C H E, or you can reach out to my email, uh, Nietzsche at gvnperformance.com. Fantastic. I'll make sure that's all linked down in the notes too. So anybody looking to get in touch with you knows exactly where to go. And uh, thank you again. And everybody else that's been listening, this has been the Elite Development Podcast with Jake Nitchi and Kenny Dusso. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the Elite Development Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, I would greatly appreciate if you subscribed and left a review for the show. As well, I would love to hear what your biggest takeaways were from the episode. My contact info is linked below. Send me a message and let me know what you thought. As always, I'm your host, Kenny Dusso. Thank you again and see you next time.